Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is the Fan Early Morning Show. Sean Myers here on Sports Radio 93.7. The Fan taking you for the next 40 minutes or so. And I've got a few different topics I want to discuss. And if you feel like you would like to chime in and contribute, you can call in at 412-928-9370. In a little bit, I want to talk about how the ever-evolving umpires of Major League Baseball And potential technology advancements will change the game forever and change umpiring forever. Also want to discuss, speaking of umpiring, how about officiating a major rule change likely coming to Pennsylvania high school basketball that will forever impact how the game is played and one that I think maybe is a step in the right direction. But I want to begin this fan early morning show making a, uh, a comparison that we have heard quite a bit here throughout Pittsburgh Sports Talk Radio over the past several months, and that relates to the Pittsburgh Steelers and, ironically, the team that they will open the 2023 regular season against, the San Francisco 49ers. If you've listed on these airwaves, you have heard many, many times over the past six to nine months uh, people really praising the job that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers have done being innovative offensively and I think usually it comes up because Steelers fans have not been happy with how the black and gold's offense has run, especially with Matt Canada at the helm. And it's kind of a vanilla and not very exciting. It's predictable offense. And and people, especially on these airwaves, always reference the 49ers, reference Kyle Shanahan, who's both their offensive uh, coordinator and their head coach and just an offensive genius. I think that is pretty fair to, to say that he's among the very best in the entire NFL. And so there's a lot of, I guess, similarities, many more differences between the teams. However, I'm going to focus on some of the differences and maybe if the Steelers do want to get to the 49ers level of consistency on the offensive side of the football, what path they might want to follow. And then some misconceptions as well, because I think from people watching from a distance, it's very easy to make assumptions that ultimately are not really that accurate. And so uh, full disclosure, if you've listened to me very much, you kind of have picked up that I have an eclectic uh, fandom when it comes to sports teams. And so I've actually followed very closely the 49ers going back to the Steve Young days in the mid-1990s. And so anytime that they are on TV, I watch their games. I, I feel like I am a pretty good source to kind of articulate what stands out about them in recent seasons, why they have had success And if the Steelers ultimately want to try to replicate that model, which at least many people around here would be happy with, what Pittsburgh kind of specifically needs to do. So I think the first misconception about the 49ers offense is that the quarterback doesn't really matter. And so this is certainly pertinent with Kenny Pickett, because I think when people see some of the the recent 
powerhouse NFL teams, you think of Tom Brady, you think of Patrick Mahomes, you think of Joe Burrow, uh, even Jalen Hurts this past year leading Philadelphia to a Super Bowl appearance, and the belief that you have to have an absolute top-notch elite quarterback to get to that level, but the 49ers are sort of the exception. They could throw anyone in there. And I think why this might be of interest to Steelers fans is there's some people that are very optimistic about Kenny Pickett, that he will be an upper echelon quarterback. But I don't think many people realistically anticipate that he'll get to Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow level, probably not even Jalen Hurts level. And so can your team win a Super Bowl? Can you get to a Super Bowl without having one of the top three, top five quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think at this point, it would be very difficult to see Pickett ultimately ascending that high. He can be certainly very, very good. I don't know if many people expect that he will ever get to that level of elite that is reserved for just very few guys. So you want to see an example of a team that is able to do it by surrounding a decent to good quarterback with an incredible supporting cast. And that is what the 49ers have done. But the idea that they can throw anyone in there at quarterback and succeed, I think, really is a misnomer because there's been plenty of examples, even during the Kyle Shanahan era, of where that just has not been true. So don't take for granted the quarterback position if you have a great offensive coordinator and a great system in place and good receivers and linemen. It's not just a plug-and-play with anyone at quarterback. Certainly you need someone uh, who can run that style of offense. And so Jimmy G has been the guy for many years with the 49ers, and I know many people look at him and say, this is not a a top-notch quarterback. This is kind of a below-average starting quarterback. Well, here's an example of why that might not be true. The 49ers, their first year with Kyle Shanahan, just had a miserable start to their season before they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. They went 0-9 to start the season. They made the trade, brought him over from New England. He did not play right away as he got acclimated. They ended up finishing that season 6-10, and and so he really immediately made a difference. There was a lot of optimism for the next year that they would take a big step forward. He got hurt early in the season. What happened? They couldn't just succeed with any other quarterback in there. They finished 4-12. and So you can pretty directly see just his first two years with the team, he made a massive difference. So again, do not take for granted that you can just plug anyone into this system with San Francisco. That really has not been the case. And we saw they went to the Super Bowl with him healthy in 2019. He was banged up and did not play all that well because of it in 2020. What happened? They go 6-10 and and miss the playoffs. So the misnomer that a team like the 49ers with their offensive style and their offensive genius and Kyle Shanahan can kind of make it work with any quarterback, really that's not the case. And there's a major reason why they went out and spent all the draft assets to trade up to get Trey Lance because they really wanted to get what they thought could be an elite guy. And so people saw Brock Purdy this past year. Oh, last pick in the draft. This is not a very good quarterback. It just works because anyone could play quarterback in San Francisco. I don't think that's the case. So if you're looking for the Steelers to replicate that model, I don't think uh, it's going to work if Kenny Pickett is a mediocre mediocre quarterback. I think he's going to have to be much better than that at least average NFL starting quarterback, which certainly I think he will be. But preferably, I think you, you want to get a little bit above average because, in my opinion, for the 49ers to do what they've done, Jimmy Garoppolo and most recently Brock Purdy have been above average in that system. Now, have they been in a good situation with great players around them? Absolutely. And it's easy to look at the receivers and tight ends because they've got a good collection. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk at receiver, George Kittle at tight end. 
and Christian McCaffrey most recently at running back. And you do see some similarities with the Steelers there. Obviously, they have some receivers who maybe quite aren't at that level yet, but you see the talent with a guy like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, depending on what his future holds. But obviously, he's put up some pretty big numbers in his career. I don't think Pat Fryermuth is quite George Kittle, but he's pretty darn good at the tight end position. And certainly, he is a guy who I think is in the upper echelon. So, you, you see some similarities, and then even at running back, they draft Najee Harris in the first round. The 49ers really took off once they acquired Christian McCaffrey this past year. He was a first-round running back who really changed what they can do with different schemes because he is so much of an upgrade over the other running backs that they have that I think you see why the Steelers can sort of look at this offense and say that's the foundation, that's the blueprint for what we want to do. And I think that the black and gold took a major step forward in this year's draft because what did they address first? That was the left tackle position. And when you think to the 49ers' success, Joe Staley was a likely Hall of Fame left tackle. The second that he retired after they lost the Super Bowl in 2019, what did they do? They went out and got Trent Williams, who is really, I think, probably the best offensive lineman over the past decade in the NFL. And so it really, for them started with left tackle more than anything else. I think more than receiver or tight end or running back, their offense runs on a dominant left tackle who has really kind of just been able to anchor an offensive line over the past half decade that has opened the holes for so many different running backs. And I mentioned McCaffrey in the comparison to Najee Harris, if you want to go that way. But really, more than the 49ers having a replaceable quarterback, they've been able to use interchangeable parts at running back. Over the past six seasons, they have had six different leading rushers. And so while they they certainly have found a, a keeper, McCaffrey, and they gave up a lot to acquire him, the question I pose is, do you really need a first-round pick, an absolute game changer at running back? Because when you look at this style of offense under Kyle Shanahan's system, and again, So many people look at that and wish that Matt Canada could put anything comparable out there on the field for the Steelers. It has been different guys at the running back position, and they've really not had any stars at that position until they got McCaffrey this past year. And so, again, it goes back to having an offensive genius at the helm. But one of the biggest differences, and I think one area where the Steelers, if they want to take that next step, will have to make drastic improvements is that Kyle Shanahan has always surrounded himself with dynamic coordinators. His assistant coaches have been rising stars, and the coaching tree has quickly grown because in the past three years, he has produced three of his assistants that went on to become head coaches elsewhere. Robert Sala obviously went to the New York Jets. He was terrific as a defensive coordinator. The man who replaced him as D.C., D'Amico Ryans, just got hired this offseason by the Houston Texans. And Mike McDaniel, who, you know, really, I wasn't even exactly sure what he did with the 49ers because he was on the offensive side. But Kyle Shanahan, you think of the genius on the uh, offensive coordinator role. McDaniel gets hired by the Dolphins. He had a, a pretty successful first season. So dynamic assistant coaches who quickly rose up the ranks with the 49ers. And I think when you look at the Steelers, that is a major difference. They have not been able to find those type of rising stars who then go on to take head coaching jobs elsewhere. And you say, oh, well, what's the good of having a guy for a year or so if he's going to leave and take a head coaching job elsewhere? Well, one of the secrets for the 49ers is that they have gotten so many compensatory draft picks 
because of guys like Sala and McDaniel and Ryan going elsewhere, they get those comp draft picks because those guys became head coaches and they were minorities. So the the draft has been replenished by and large because Kyle Shanahan has surrounded himself with these really good young coaches who have gone on to move on and have success elsewhere, and the 49ers directly have benefited from that. And the other aspect is, and I think we have seen Omar Khan show that he is much more aggressive than his predecessor, but the GM of the 49ers, John Lynch, has been very aggressive since he has come to San Francisco. And I think that is pertinent as well. Not only moving up to to make picks in the draft or acquire guys like he is uh, done with Christian McCaffrey. They gave up a lot to get the running back from Carolina. They gave up a ton to acquire Trey Lance, and certainly that can be second-guessed at this point. But they've been aggressive trading up or acquiring guys, but they've also gone the other way. They had the second overall pick early during Lynch and Shanahan's tenure, and they traded down with Chicago to get additional picks. So they did not get Mitch Trubisky, believe it or not, but turned out to be the right move in the end. They've also traded an absolute franchise guy into Forrest Buckner, who is a sterling defensive tackle. They realized probably not going to be able to keep him. Let's move him and get compensation. They got a first-round pick back for him. So very aggressive, uh, both adding and, in a way, kind of moving down in the draft or subtracting talent. So I think that is another aspect where the Steelers would maybe continue to benefit from being aggressive in that regard if you want to try to form uh, a model that is sustainable and you look at the 49ers as maybe the model franchise, which, again, I think the preference when you build a team is to do it like the Chiefs, where you have an absolute future Hall of Fame quarterback. But if you don't have that, like the Steelers likely will not, and certainly like the 49ers have not, you have to find other ways to try to become a Super Bowl contender. And uh, certainly we have heard many times that the 49ers, with their innovative style on offense, that might be the blueprint for the Steelers. Again, there is plenty of differences and some misconceptions out there, but ultimately I think if the Steelers continue to follow down that path, there could be some potential fruitful dividends before it is all said and done again. The biggest difference to me, you have to find some dynamic coordinators to surround Mike Tomlin and guys that eventually if they move on, you look at it as a benefit because you will get compensated uh, very significantly for that. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about a major change upcoming to Major League Baseball and the evolving role of umpires. Also want to highlight an absolutely massive role change coming to high school basketball in all likelihood here in Western Pennsylvania. want to let you know that the Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply at 84lumber.com. It's Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show. We'll continue after this right here on Sports Radio 93.7, The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show. Sports Radio 93.7. The Fan taking you for about another 15 minutes or so. And I want to shift focus now to what appears to be a significant change upcoming in the future for Major League Baseball 
and the role of umpires in the game. If you'd like to weigh in, I'm going to be focusing on the automated ball strike system that's likely coming and how judgment calls will be taken out of the game by and large for umpires. You can chime in, 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. I know that this has been talked about quite a bit this season. You go back to the Pirates series down in Tampa and uh, a lot of people not happy with uh, the umpiring during that series, rightfully so. And so this became a topic after that. But really, I think this has been a topic for for three or four years around baseball circles. And that is the future that is likely going to take um, the judgment calls, by and large, out of the hands of umpires. And so we've already seen that happen to some extent with the ability to use replay. If you think back to before replay 10 years ago or so, there were so many different things that were kind of just the judgment of the umpires, and you you think of the neighborhood play on a a throw to second base when they would try to turn a double play. Those guys almost never actually touched the bag, and it really at that point wasn't required. The umpire could basically deem close enough. And so once instant replay came in, that changed completely. You have to legitimately touch the bag, much like how if a throw beat the runner to a bag – Even if the tag was a split second late, if the throw was there significantly before the runner got to the bag, the umpires almost always would call the guy out. Now that instant replay is part of it, it is truly not the umpire's judgment or discretion. They have to make the call based on the split second of did the hand or foot get to the base before the player was tagged. So it's really, at this point, every single play on the bases, it's no longer really the judgment of the umpire we see exactly via insta replay out or safe and so that basically makes it a hundred percent no longer a gray area very black and white if someone is out or safe and that's going to happen soon enough when it comes to balls and strikes i'm sure many people have heard about the fact that the automated ball strike system the abs as it's called has been utilized and tested out in minor leagues and it seems like Uh, It has worked pretty effectively. Now, it's still technology, so is it perfect? No, but I would think each passing year it will get more and more efficient, more and more accurate. And so when I first heard about this, I was a little confused because you hear the term robot umps and things of that nature. It basically looks the exact same as what baseball has always looked. You have a home plate umpire who calls ball or strike. It's not some robot that descends down or some voice from the heavens that renders the verdict. But what happens is the umpire is basically buzzed the call of ball or strike immediately. So pitch is delivered, catcher catches it, and the umpire within about a half second, which is the you know, time that he normally would, but long before this became a thing, when he would normally make the call of ball or strike, it looks the exact same. He is just being told by a system whether the ball is in the strike zone or not. And so if it is, obviously, He calls a strike. It is not the umpire who in any way decides balls or strikes under this system. There's also something we talked about that could be a little bit of a hybrid where you do have the umpires actually make the calls and then have this as a challenge option where you go to the ABS system. But I think eventually, at some point, probably within the next three to five years, this will happen in Major League Baseball. And it might even trickle down to much lower levels all throughout the minors and maybe even higher level college baseball in the future where you have this system – And the umpires 
there's no umpire-specific strike zones. They no longer will have uh, the leeway to kind of make their own judgments on, is that a good pitch or a bad pitch? And so, really, what you're doing with all these changes, the automated ball strike, and as I mentioned, the instant replay that has been in in effect for, for about a decade or so now, is the umpires really are just there to make the calls, not make their own judgments anymore. And that is so drastically different than the other major sports because in the NHL or any level of hockey, same with football or basketball, penalties, fouls, whatever, depending on the sport, those are almost always going to be judgment calls. Yes, there's certain things like if you think in football, there is no judgment if you go to an instant replay and see a guy is lined up off sides or that there's too many men on the field, certainly. But for instance, a pass interference or holding, that's always going to be a judgment call. It'll never be completely black and white. It'll be an area of gray. Same in the NHL. You see how much officiating changes in terms of the penalties called in the playoffs. Think the same way in the NBA with fouls. But in baseball, it will truly be completely different. The umpires will not have that judgment anymore. Now, there's a few small infrequent scenarios like a check swing or interference or someone in and out of the baseline where they maybe have a little bit of a judgment, but their roles are going to change so drastically. And we've already seen umpires' roles changing because now one of their biggest responsibilities as a home plate umpire is enforcing the pitch clock properly, having the batter ready to go, having the pitcher uh, not working too hastily before the batter's ready. So that's going to be a big part of it going forward as they have these new roles, the pitch clock enforcement. We've also seen the substance check when pitchers come off the mound. I think one negative that we have seen, and maybe umpires are sort of uh, lashing out or retaliating, knowing that their roles will be reduced, is they have had such a quick trigger to eject players and coaches that it that really has come across in a major negative way for umpires. And so you have to wonder, are they feeling the pressure knowing that, you know, by and large, their role as it's been for 100 plus years will never be the same once the ABS system comes into play. And again, we've already seen their judgments and their impact drastically reduced courtesy of instant replay. I don't know if that's better or not. Uh, part of me likes the human element, but part of me also thinks that if you have a tried and true system that makes everything pretty much black and white, why would you not go with getting it right 99% of the time as opposed to relying on the human element where you might get it right 85% of the time? And so it will drastically change the sport forever and the role of umpires more specifically in the game of baseball. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, want to get to a major high school basketball rule change that is proposed that would certainly drastically change the game forever here in the PIAA. Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show, 93.7 The Fan. We'll continue after this. Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show. Just a few minutes left with you as we get you set for the morning show. Here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, Adam Crowley and Doran Dickerson. Last thing I... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I want to touch on this morning is news that came out yesterday that likely will forever change the game of high school basketball here in western Pennsylvania and across the entire state and likely across the entire country as well. Quick background that the rule change is not official yet in the PIAA, but it looks like it will almost certainly become a new rule upcoming over the summer because the National Federation of State High School Associations, the NFHS, has adopted a change that would take away the one-in-one scenario from high school basketball, and instead of having fouls accumulate over the entire first half and the entire second half, it would simply reset at the end of each quarter. So very similar to what college women's basketball and the NBA utilize. It would be five team fouls per quarter. There would be no one-in-one scenario. It would be two foul shots once a team is in the bonus. And the, the real benefit to this is that if you pick up a ton of fouls early in a game, let's say in the first uh, five minutes of the game, your team picks up five, six, seven fouls, it would not linger into the next quarter then. Obviously, you would be in the penalty for that first quarter, but with a fresh slate in the second quarter, it would likely speed the game up or more specifically improve the flow of the game. And the NFHS did cite improved game flow as one of the major reasons for this. They've also cited injury prevention on battles for rebounds on the one-and-ones. I don't really see that as much of a factor because you're still going to battle for rebounds on missed foul shots. It would just simply be on the second foul shot as opposed to potentially the first one. So I don't see that as a major factor, but I do think it helps the game flow and it really will change strategies for a lot of teams. Again, some teams have been maybe a little hesitant to go into the pressure defense or to play very physical defense because if you pick up a ton of early fouls, it hinders you for an entire half of play. That will no longer be the case. Again, it will be the NBA system or the college women's basketball. No more one-on-ones, five team fouls per quarter they reset and it'll only be two shot scenarios no longer the one and one so some people might not like the change ultimately I think it is probably going to be a good change the PIAA would have to approve this and they would likely review it and then vote on it in July so it is not a requirement to adopt it but it certainly seems like that will be the case the only thing I can think of after this is please make the next change a mandatory shot clock for high school basketball here in the PIAA That's going to do it here on the Fan Early Morning Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Sean Myers here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, The Fan Morning Show, upcoming next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 